Hey, Hills Church, and happy Mother's Day to all the moms who are joining us, and welcome to everybody who is with us online. If I haven't got a chance to meet you, my name is Taylor. I am one of the teaching pastors here on staff, and I'm honored that our senior teaching pastor, Rick, asked me to open up God's Word with you today. Speaking of, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Numbers chapter 6. Number six is where we're going to be today. We're going to take a a one-week break from our series, Home is Coming, that Rick has been leading us through. And here in number six, we've got a word that I believe is going to be an encouragement. So while you're turning there, I just want to throw out some solidarity to all the parents who are caring for kids during quarantine. Uh, Whether you're a mom or a dad, uh, it's rough out there. And I know that there are some long days and adapting with school has been difficult. And then there's also the fact that quarantine causes all this extra stress and can make it hard for kids to get along. Um, and, uh, And that's really brought out some resilience and creativity from a lot of parents. Uh, Lindsay is a mom in our church, and uh, just a couple days ago, she posted this photo uh, as a brilliant solution for how to help her son and daughter get along on a hard day. I saw that, and I was like, that is next-level parenting, and uh, she wrote me and said that it works, so I'm going to tuck that away for a day when I need it for my son and daughter. Um, but I know this is hard. This has been hard for all of us, uh, for, for my family's part. Um, if you go to our church, you know that normally I actually preach from an iPad, and uh, I've got paper today because uh, the iPad has gained a, a number of new decorations, also known as cracks, um, all over the screen. I won't tell you if that was the three-year-old or the six-month-old because I don't want to embarrass anybody in my family. But um, All of us could use some encouragement right now. And that's why I'm excited about what God has for us in Numbers chapter six. And just real quick, if you are, if you're new to the hills, I'm really glad that you're with us. Or maybe you're new to faith. You're exploring what all this means. What we're about to look at in God's word, I think is gonna give us a really important glimpse into who God is. What is God like? And what does he want for the world and for his children. And this is answered in Numbers chapter 6 for us in a really significant way. So I'm going to begin in verse 22 and read all the way to verse 27, and and we're going to receive God's word and get into our message. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. This is God's word for us today. So odds are you've heard those words sometime before. Maybe you didn't know they were in the Bible. Maybe you sang an arrangement of those words in choir, or maybe you saw those words uh, in some post online or stitched on grandma's pillow. But this has become one of the most famous blessings in all of Scripture. And really, it's its relevance doesn't just carry to the Israelites specific in Numbers chapter 6, but it has carried on for generations. And here in this blessing, we get a glimpse of what God is like. And as we begin to learn about his nature, the first thing, if you're taking notes, is that we see that God wants to bless his children. This is a foundational truth for us as followers of Jesus. God's divine disposition is towards blessing. 
Not, not curse, not condemnation, not judgment. First, God moves to bless. That's his default. Like, we see this in the beginning of creation when God makes the world and then he calls it good. He blesses what he has made. Then in Genesis 12, God, God's word comes to a man named Abram and God's message to Abram is that he wants to bless him and give him descendants and through them, he wants to bless the world. God makes a covenant people for himself in Israel and just here in number six and other places, he wants to and promises blessing for them. And then to prove that blessing, God joins his creation as Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. And even in Jesus' ministry, in his, one of his most famous sermons, he begins in Matthew 5 with speaking blessings over the crowd, beatitudes, these announcements. God's all about blessing. But then through Jesus, God takes the blessing even further because he took on the curse of sin to the cross to pay for our sins, to take away that curse, and to win for us a blessing that will last for eternity as he rose from the grave to show even the curse of death can be done away with through God's blessing. From end to end, the Bible's all about this blessing that God wants to give because it's part of who he is. And, and as we, if we begin to understand this, like this goes against any notion that some might have, and maybe you have, that God is some distant, aloof, transcendent being who doesn't care for or is too important to pay attention to lowly humans like us. You can find that view of God in other worldviews and other religions, but you can't find it in the Christian understanding of who God is. And God is not, well, God's not the spiritual equivalent of an insurance company who is wanting to hold back as much as he can for himself and, 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 and wants to pay out to you as little as possible. That's not how God operates. He's not stingy with his blessing and he is not begrudgingly generous to us. He's not like, well, okay, I guess I'll bless you. No, God blesses eagerly because really this passage shows us he is the originator and inventor of the blessing itself. Like, look back at verse 22. The Lord said to Moses. So here we have God who tells the Israelite leader Moses to tell Aaron and the priests to tell the people. A little bit confusing. It's kind of like a telephone game of blessing. But the point is, God's the one who starts it. These are his words. It's a little bit like... um, like when a parent is trying to teach their kid how to ask for things politely. So the kid comes into the kitchen and says, I want a snack. And the parent says, whoa, whoa, say, please, can I have a snack? And then even though it's the parent's words, the child repeats what the parent said. So the parent can give the child what the parent already wants to provide. Again, a little bit confusing, but that's what we have here. God, who through the words of His leaders wants to bless the people because it's his idea. It is out of his heart because he is for his people and wants to bless them. And and the danger with these kind of words is that this blessing has become so iconic out of context for us that it is over familiar that we might read them and see them as kind of traditional, stale, religious words. And And really, these are coming from God's heart. Think about it this way. Like with Mother's Day cards, you know, for for moms out there, maybe you've already opened one of these today or maybe you're planning to here in a little bit. But there are always two sets of words inside 
of a Mother's Day card. The first is from the greeting card company. These are the words that are printed and they're neat and clean and they're tidy. Sometimes they rhyme, sometimes they're a little bit funny. This, one's ha- this one happens to say, even when no one's looking, you go out of your way to be kind and you're one incredible person. Happy Mother's Day. Honestly, not a super strong Mother's Day card, but uh, to, to be real with you guys, I bought this in the value section, so maybe that's why. But the greeting card company words are not the words that a mom really treasures and cherishes because they were written by someone who doesn't know her and it's impersonal. No, the words that they cherish are handwritten by a son or a daughter or a loved one. Even those words mean more even when they're not necessarily as well written. Like just for grins, I, uh, I looked up some, uh, some different handwritten cards from kids to their moms and uh, I thought you guys would enjoy these. All, one kid wrote, I'll always love you no matter how lazy I am. Points for honesty right there. That's pretty great. Uh, this next one's super cute. A child wrote, I love you, mama. Hi, Sydney loves you too. I have beautiful eyes. I meant you have beautiful eyes. P.S. This is my favorite part. You make the best guacamole. Okay, number one, this child knows how to pay a compliment. And number two, I think all of us should be spelling guacamole with a G-W-O-C-K from now on. Pretty great. And this last one is just very blunt and real. A young boy wrote, thank you, mom, for making me food so I don't die. He's not wrong. These are the kind of words that make a parent smile, that make a mom's heart just brighten up and beam. Even when they're not as well written, the point is that they are most personal because it is a loved one. It is a child who knows that mom, who is in relationship with that mom, who wants to personally and specifically honor them. And so when we hear these words from God, this blessing, this blessing is, is not the, the stale handwritten greeting, greeting card words. These are handwritten by God who loves us, who cares for us, who wants to bless us. And so if this is what God's like, then what is it that God provides in the blessing? Well, what we see in this passage is that God provides grace and peace. These two words come up over and over again, not just here in this blessing, but all through scripture. Grace and peace that that help us see again part of God's attitude and heart towards us. Grace could be defined as unmerited favor. It's getting the good that we don't deserve. And peace, well in the Hebrew, that word peace is shalom. It's more than just the idea of, of an absence of bad or stress or tension. This is an idea of completeness, of wholeness, of well-being. And I heard one preacher remark that it's important that grace precedes peace in the passage. Look back at the blessing. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. See, grace comes before peace because without grace, there is no peace. God has provided grace for us through Jesus Christ to give us what we don't deserve, but what Jesus has earned for us. And not only that, but because of what Jesus has done, it leads to a kind of flourishing, a kind of wholeness, a kind of sense of well-being in relationship with God. That is this word that in Hebrew is bigger than peace, this shalom. Like this is what God wants to provide for us. But for some of the language that might be a little bit less familiar 
of God making his face shine on you or turning his face toward you, this face language in Hebrew was a way to describe God's relational presence. Like, think about it this way. If, um, if you're in a room with someone and you're, and you're sitting across the table from them and there are other people elsewhere in the room, well, technically, you are present with all of them. But relationally, you are only present with the person you're sitting across and your face is turned towards them. That's a little bit of this idea of that grace and peace are not something we get in a vacuum. We get them in relationship with God. And his desire is to be in relationship with us, to reconcile us back to himself. Where sin separated us, now God wants to overcome that through grace to provide relational peace. And when it talks about God's face shining, well, this is a little bit about God's glory, but it's also this idea of a parent hoisting up a child and looking them in the eyes and their smiles just beaming towards their kid as they lift them up and that child makes that, that joyful, surprised look. Like that's a little bit of this idea of God making his face shine on us in his grace and turning towards us to be relationally present for permanent, resilient peace. Now I've learned a lot about grace and peace from a lot of different people. This, these aren't just things that you learn on a page in scripture, these are things we experience in relationship with God and with other brothers and sisters in Christ. I've learned a lot about grace and peace from different people, but, um, but there's one person who would be near and maybe at the top of the list. And, uh, and I'm very excited to have her join into this message today, and that is my mom. So Hills Church, I'm very excited to uh, introduce and invite Catherine Walling into some of this message today. Hey, Mom. Hi, Taylor. It's so good to see you. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this and a very happy Mother's Day. I feel like this is a reflection of how you are because it's Mother's Day and yet you're still doing something nice for me and to bless the hills. So um, thanks, Mom. I love you. I love you too. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Today we're talking about uh, God's blessing from Numbers chapter six. And, uh, you know, one of the things I was reflecting on is you've told me a little bit about kind of some of your faith journey and how your understanding of who God is has grown over the years. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, it, when we look at a God who wants to bless us, was that always your understanding of who God is? No, not always. Uh, um, as a child and growing up, I was really raised to believe that God would bless me if I was enough, if I followed the rules well enough, that that's how then God would go, oh yes, you're doing a great job, so now I'm gonna bless you with this or that. That's really more of the way that I was raised, um, that that it had to be enough. And um, then later I learned that that was not where God was um, at that he really wanted to bless me right where I am today, who I am with all my um, nature that's good, that's bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly. God accepts me and loves me so unconditionally that um, he wants to bless me and bring me along in his teachings. And, and that makes a world of difference to see it that way. I love hearing you share that because I think that's a struggle that a lot of us have. And, and at the same time, um, you know, grace and peace uh, can kind of come off as just like words. And so I'm curious, like for you, 
mom, how, how did you get to a place where grace and peace were more than just words for you in the Bible, but they were, they were realities and not just concepts? Well, I think life experiences definitely teach us that. Um, and one that really comes to mind that I'll share um, right now, if that's okay with you, is the year that my parents both passed away within seven months of each other. And, um, you know, it's been 20 years now, but it still is one of those uh, times when I know that God offered me extra grace and peace and that I really feel like I got through that because of his unlimited grace to cover, um, cover me when I was unable to really um, cope as well as I might have liked to. And I still was a mother and a wife and, and needed to provide you know, for my children and my husband. And yet I was in pain and hurting, but I, I also then would feel God just wrap his arms around me and give me a peace that I couldn't have found without that. And so, you know, that's one of those touchstones of history for me that I personally look back and go, you know, God provided and I can stand on the promises that he will provide. Oh, that's, that's so beautiful, mom. I've, I've heard you talk about that season before and, um, and just, you know, it's, it's amazing how in a, in a time like this, um, when, you know, nobody is at their best right now, uh, in the midst of all, all this stress and crisis. And, uh, and so God offers us his grace, but also all of us are stressed and God offers us his peace. And so the blessing you know, his blessing meets us in those kinds of seasons. But just taking time to breathe that in and, and to acknowledge he's here with us in this season, um, that, that has always helped me in the past and it's helping me now to be able to um, know that God is with me and just breathing in, you know, um, the comfort and peace of the Lord uh, has helped me tremendously. And I hope it helps moms. Thank you so much, mom, for, for taking a little time to to, to bless me and, uh, and raise this sermon uh, to a much better level because you are a part of it and the wisdom that God's poured through you over these last few minutes. Um, and here on Mother's Day, I just want to say, Mom, happy Mother's Day. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. Uh, thank you for, uh, for blessing me and blessing my church family with this time together today. Thank you, Taylor. I love you too. Man, that was a special treat. I'm so glad that my mom agreed to do that. Now, I would imagine that some of you are tracking right now and, and appreciating the significance of God's blessing. But I would also imagine that there are some who are listening and if this concept is new to you or maybe if, if it just seems fuzzy, you're still wondering, why, why does this matter? Like, I, I want to finish with helping you understand with two really important reasons why God's blessing matters. And the first reason has to do with us and the second reason has to do with God. So the first reason that God's blessing matters is because, hear this really clearly, you can't bless yourself. Like, you can, you can give yourself a pep talk, but you can't give yourself infinite worth. You can like an inspirational quote uh, that says, you don't need anybody to tell you what you're worth, but then again, you just needed someone to tell you that you don't need someone to tell you something. See, this is the problem. Blessing doesn't happen in a vacuum and it can't happen on our own. 
we were made to seek validation, security, blessing, favor from something outside ourselves. Now, this is how God made us, and yet sin warps us to either think we can go earn the blessing for ourselves. I'm gonna be the one that does this, and I don't care what anybody else thinks, and, and I'm the one who can make this happen, but the problem is whenever we talk like that, we, are, we use logic and reasoning from people other than us to validate why we can just do this ourselves. But inherently, we depend on others to be validated that we can just say, it's for me. Because if there's a bunch of other people living super individually, then I feel okay because others are doing it. So really, you're stuck in the groupthink of individualism and you're not actually living on your own. Anyway, it, it can be a little bit of a rabbit trail, but the point is, you can't do this yourself. But some of us, we don't try and seek the blessing on our own. We try and manipulate for the blessing. Or we live codependently with others and we, we put too much stock in whether someone else will give us that blessing. And we long for certain people in our lives to approve of us or to say, to, say, to speak bless, words of blessing or favor over us or to say they're proud of us or that they care about us. Now some of that's healthy and yet some of it's unhealthy where we get to the point where we begin to measure our worth based on what others would say about us and we miss out on the fact that there is a God who is for us who offers this blessing to us and and really this season has shown all of us look you're not in control the way you think you are not only that you cannot bless yourself nor can you keep and protect and sustain your own blessing our entire worlds have been turned over and what we really need is a blessing not just from other people and not a blessing that we try to give ourselves. We need God's blessing. And the good news is he's eager to give it. But there's good news beyond that. And that's the second reason that God's blessing is so important. It's because God guarantees his blessing. God's blessing is not just poetic pleasantries. It's not just religious wishful thinking or kind of like a raise a glass, hope for the best kind of toast. That's not what we have here. In fact, I'd go, I'd go a little bit further that, and this may confuse you, but it's really important to hear. God's blessing, this blessing is not a prayer. A blessing is not the same thing as a prayer. Here's what I mean. A prayer is a request, a petition, it's supplication. It's asking God to supply or provide something, and then it's up to God to decide how he wants to an answer that prayer. But God's blessing is not a prayer. It is a proclamation. Even look back at the beginning of the blessing in verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. Now, that, that's a really good translation. If any of your translations out there say anything like, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Or sometimes colloquially you hear people say that. May the Lord bless you and keep you. That's not what this says. May the Lord bless you and keep you is a hope. It's a wish. It's a prayer. But this is a statement of what God is going to bring about. The Lord bless you and keep you. That's insurance kind of language right there that God keeps, protects, sustains, and sees through what is going to happen. God's blessing is not just words, it is his effective, faithful follow-through. Like, that's what we have here. Here's how one theologian, Alan Ross, explained the idea of God's blessing. The gift of divine blessing included the empowerment to achieve what was promised. 
So the point, the significance of God's blessing isn't just that he says nice things to us, it's that he is actually able to follow through on those things. He's actually able to provide them. He's actually able to keep his promises. That's what makes this so significant. And God wants us to understand his desire for follow through, which is why in verse 27, here's how he concludes. After writing out the blessing, he says to Moses, so they, the priests, will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Bank on it. Count on it. You can depend on it. God is going to bless his people. There is no question about it. In the midst of difficult circumstances or hard seasons or, or even in our guilt because we stumble back into sin, we wonder, is God really going to do this? And yet he says, no, I am going to bless And really, this entire blessing is a great picture of our faith in Jesus and in his saving work. Here's what I mean. The blessing in Numbers 6 starts with God. Well, salvation started because God so loved the world that he sent his son. The blessing continues, and who's the active agent? in the blessing. It's the Lord who's going to do it. The Lord who's going to make his face shine. The Lord who's going to be gracious. The Lord who's going to turn his face toward us. The Lord who's going to give us peace. And guess what? When Jesus came, he was the one who lived a sinless life. He was the one who brought incredible truth. He was the one who performed miracles. He was the one who was willing to take our sin and shame to the cross. He was the one put in a tomb. He was the one who rose from the grave. He is the one who wins our salvation. We say very boldly at this church, and we echo the words from Ephesians 2, we are saved by grace. It is the gift of God's, not of ourselves, so that no one can boast. This is God's blessing for us. And he's the one who sees it through and changes our identity. And this, well, this blessing never just stays with each of us as individuals or even us as a collective church, but the blessing always continues to spread. That was, uh, that was the story inside of um, one family. Now this is a, a really special story that uh, actually comes from our West Fort Worth campus. It actually comes from the family uh, of our West Fort Worth campus minister. So Jeremy Glover uh, shared with me a little bit about his mom, whose name is Barb Cordry. And, uh, and Barb recently heard the new arrangement of The Blessing, that song that came out a couple months ago based on this passage. Uh, we sang it earlier today in church. And, and when she heard it, she, she just had this deep sense of understanding of what God had been doing in her life over the last several decades. And so Jeremy shared a little bit of her story with me. I want to read some of it to you. During her childhood, Barb on her own began walking to the church down the street from her house. Her parents were not believers and they led a very wild life in those days. And so as the oldest child, Barb, her life was pretty hard. She shared with Jeremy that she gave her life to Jesus and yet her parents didn't, under, really, didn't understand why and they didn't want anything to do with church. Well, she started to pray that God would someday give her a godly husband and that her kids and grandkids and their kids would be followers of Jesus. This was a daily prayer for years of her life. Well, in high school, she met Jeremy's dad, and they became best friends long before they dated. 
and he was a third generation believer. It was actually him who, who baptized Jeremy's mom. Then they led Jeremy's parents, or excuse me, then they led Jeremy's mother's parents, Jeremy's grandparents, to the Lord and baptized them. And in addition, in addition to that, two of Barb's sisters also gave their lives to Jesus. The blessing continued to spread. Well, Jeremy writes that my, my dad and mom started dating their senior year and got married right after high school and had my oldest sister. And today, Jeremy writes, my mom's children and many of her grandchildren have given their lives to the Lord and are on mission for him. Not only did her parents become believers, but she also led her grandmother, Jeremy's great-grandmother, to Jesus. Literally, generations won for the Lord and blessed by God. And Barb traces all of this back to her prayers and God's blessing. And what, what a beautiful, incredible picture of how God's blessing can begin in one life and yet it always moves outward. It always spreads because God's blessing is intended for the entire world. So for Christians who are listening today, our response to this is to again hear and realize as a follower of Jesus, saved by grace, God hasn't just put his name on me, but in baptism I have put on Christ and I get to live in that blessing, in that grace and peace. But on top of that, for followers of Jesus, we get to give the blessing away, just like Barb did with all of her family, just like we do as we try and reach the lost for Christ. But the last thing I'd say is that you cannot live in or give away what you have not received. If you're watching right now and you have never received God's blessing of his saving work in Jesus, you have never put your faith in him, there's a great opportunity for you today. Now, I wish that right now I could sit down with you and talk to you, but instead, right now, what I want you to do is I want you to text the word surrender to the number on the screen. And we're gonna be able to reach out to you as a church. Some of our pastors reach out and talk to you about what this means to receive God's blessing, to recognize that he alone has won our salvation. He alone died on the cross, was buried in a grave three days later, rose from the tomb, and he has defeated death. He sits at the right hand of God, and he continues to bless his people, bless everyone who calls on his name and, and is on a path to blessing the entire world. Man, we want to talk about what that means for your life, for your eternity. And so please reach out to us, text that number on the screen, and let us talk to you about receiving God's blessing. And all of us are longing for it. And the good news is we have a God who wants to bless us and who has the power and the faithfulness to see that blessing through for us and every generation. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your mercy and grace for the peace that you extend to us. God, thank you for making your face shine on us through the person of Jesus Christ, that you've revealed the glory of God in him so that we can know you and we can experience your love, your grace, and the well-being you want for us that we call peace. God, I thank you for every 
person who is listening to my voice and I pray a blessing over them that you would extend your favor upon them, that they would know and feel your love and your Holy Spirit's presence today. And through that, be drawn to live in the blessing you want to give and to give away the blessing that will never run out. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.